there were a lot of people from Ireland commenting like they were mad. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you deal with that with people? Uh, filtering keywords. (laughs) So I filtering awesome. She's great. Yeah. Alrighty, you might know her from her social media posts as Before the Coffin. Today we have on Heather Taylor. She's infamous in all of the death and dying and funeral community. And she's here to talk about how she got started with what she's doing and give us a rundown on how she's gotten so, so amazing with everything she does in the death industry. So Heather, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. Of course, um, we're happy, happy to. to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your background and what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. Um, I think it'll be very captivating for most of our funeral and death industry workers to, to hear what you're about. Yeah. So I used to be a special art effects artist at a place called Kennywood's Fright Nights um, for about eight years. I went to special effects school where I was sculpting all the time. I had anatomy classes. Um just kind of studying the dead. Um, We got to watch some videos of body farms and I thought it was all really interesting. So I thought, you know, if I can create a nose or an ear for a creature or an effect, then I could do that so people could have open casket services. So I went to mortuary school. Ah, Yeah. As one does. (laughs) (laughs) When I grabs really i'm a really really good sculptor so when i when i graduated they uh, asked me to teach the class and that was a lot of fun so i worked at Pins wow, for good a while. For yeah it was awesome um i do miss teaching the students now that i'm back east i'm a lot closer to that school but um it was yeah. hard to fly back and forth for a while out in seattle yeah. so but, yeah that's yeah. a big difference from the midwest that's for sure <laughs> yeah, you never know um where the death field can take you. There's actually a lot of jobs that people don't even know you could have with the mortuary science degree, which leads me to where I am now doing organs, so organ recovery. How do you like that? Um, How has it been so far? And what is the experience like on a day-to-day basis? Because personally, I don't know much about how it actually, the actual process works. So Mm -hmm. I'd be very interested to know um, what a day in the life is like as a organ recoverist made that up. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You're very clever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So usually I go to the lab or the main office. I pack supplies. Currently I have supplies in my car. I'm kind of like ready for dispatch at any time. I can be all over my state. So you can... You never know what the day is, which is kind of nice compared to all the time I spent in the prep room. No one really, um, it was the same day every day. So for me now, it's, I could be in Grand Rapids, like three hours away from Detroit. Um, I just drove through Grand Rapids uh, literally two days ago. So (laughs) yeah, I could be dispatched there and I never know. I think it's really fun and, um, 
each day is different. I get to see the sun outside the prep room. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to morgues. I'm going to funeral homes. I'm going mm-hmm. to hospitals sometimes, like their OR. Um, gotcha. To see the donor, identify them. Um, right. Draw some samples, collect the tissues, and get them back to the lab. Sure. So. And Michigan's such a, a big state. So when you're doing these these trips, are you, do you have to stay overnight? I know you do a lot of videos with you traveling around. You get to see a lot of different things. Is that part of how the reason why you like being able to travel a bit so that way you can bring in some new experiences? Yeah. So I don't get to stay the night. Um, if I have a case that's five hours away, which is possible, yeah. I drive there and I do my job and I come all the way back to the lab. Um, but if I am in a weird or an area I'm unfamiliar with, I'll like log on to Atlas Obscura. I'll start Googling castles near me. I'll try and find <laughs> the weirdest things that I can um, in the area because I'm not just going to drive up here again. So I. Right. You know. and, and you can make some content out of it then. All right. That's smart. Yeah. So that's what I did in Washington. Um, I would get dispatched somewhere near Forks or that's where the Twilight uh, town is filmed. Or I would go to Aberdeen, um, some where Kurt Cobain wrote a lot, a lot uh-huh. of his music about. So they have a big yeah. memorial there for him. And it's kind of yeah. like, well, I'm here. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I was the same way when I was uh, very fortunate to get the chance to go to the UK. I was like, I'm already here. I might as well find some interesting things to talk about and find and discover. So that was a, a fun thing to do. And it makes uh, your trips a little bit more captivating and fun and uh, gets other people the chance to get to experience it too. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, the actual specifics of what you're doing. Um, you're doing eye donation or are you doing other organ recovery? And what is your specific job um, at the funeral home and how does that take place? And this is mostly funeral directors listening, so it's okay if you're a little uh, not as appropriate as you normally would be maybe on the outward face. <laughs> well, I won't drop the word harvesters. Uh, yes. We do everything we can not to use har- the word harvest. It's not a fun word. It's not appropriate. No. No. Um, the past year and a half or right before I did eyes, um, I did do organs and that was kind of the same, um, except with organs, that's bones, tissue, skin, um, tendons, nerves. I separated nerves. It's really intense. Um, so everything is completely taken apart, um, in the four quadrants, which is the legs and the arms, um, pericardium, heart, costal cartilage, and sternum. Um, And yeah, everything was for transfer um, for a live live person that needed the tissues. Um, Now with eyes, it's kind of fun because I do side-by-sides with organs. So sometimes I do go back to the, um, like for here, it would be Gift of Life, and we would work on a case together. Um, kind of like a shared custody case, but for me, (laughs) um, with eyes, yeah, sometimes it is full globe for research. Um, sometimes it is just corneal and although we cannot correct blindness, um, right now we can correct 
the very superficial blindness, which is the quantum yeah, image. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy when you get to you see this little container and there's this like perfectly cut out circle, um, and it, I, I think it's awesome. Um, so yeah, it it's that's incredible. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, it's it's interesting because you know jobs like this I didn't even know existed or I could do with a mortuary background. So yeah. And did you need to get any further schooling or was it just more training at the specific location on how, like, do you need extra licensing for this? Because it's interesting for our listeners, if you're not at a funeral home and maybe you're interested, maybe that's a possibility for some people too. Um, just more training. So mm -hmm. you don't need any extra schooling. And when I worked and lived in a funeral home in West Virginia, um, we would get these cases from core or some other tissue company um, and we would kind of have to do all the aftermath and then I'm, I'm there suturing a body forever, uh -huh. um, yeah. to fix, to fix or put back together what one of those organ companies did. Uh -huh. But now being on the other side, I know that, you know, it is all going to a really good cause and right. yeah, it is one of the, the most generous gifts that you could give. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting because as a mortician i was so frustrated with those no, bodies no i mean you we know the truth like no one likes the, the organ donation as a funeral director because it is such more elaborate work but I, honestly it's been it's a great thing to hear from your perspective on how big of a gift it is for other people because you mm -hmm. actually see it in our eyes it's like oh my gosh like this is like a five-hour job ahead of me and my hands are going to be cramped and crippled for like a month after it. So, but it is amazing to know, like these things are actually going to people that need it. And it is just such an amazing, amazing gift. And I think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. And the fact that it is, is part of what our whole industry is about is helping families. So why wouldn't we want to support something like that? Um, I know in Illinois, at least some of the organizations would prepare the remains for you if you wanted to. I don't know, is that the same like in a lot of places or is that just an Illinois thing or Chicagoland? What will they do? So they'll embalm for you. So oh, if they did Illinois a full thing. organ, oh, okay, yeah. Because if they did a full tissue donation, all the organs, um, it is included in part of what they do to help out the funeral homes that they would um, embalm the body. And they do a fantastic job. I can't rave about them enough for here. Um, they usually come like fully bagged and stitched up and just in great condition. So I was curious if that was just a thing around here, or if you knew anything more about that. No, we usually just pack the gel, um, yeah. with the cases. So, and so then, I'm a lucky one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and even with eyes, I, I put in the eye caps and I kind of oh, raise nice. the donor. So, um, you know, their head's not back yeah. or anything like that. So. I, I like to think about the other morticians that get yeah. the body after us or I try and make them look nice though. So yeah, it's um, because you've seen it on both sides. So, you know, the, the benefits and the pluses on both sides. So I think that makes it very helpful to do what you're doing. And um, that's such a nice thing that you're looking out for whoever's on the other side of the cases that you're working on. Yeah. Oop, that's a death call here. Hold on just a second. All right, I think the students got it. I'm sorry about that. 
You know, we've been seeing a lot more business come in ever since we started Mortuary Marketing. And I got to tell you, all the few homes we work with, are they're saying the same thing. So what do we do? We run ads on Google and other similar sites that get directed at families that need a funeral home in your area. It then brings them to a page that we've designed for you that gets the family to call you to inquire for your services. It's really increased our volume big time. It's working for my funeral home, and I think most parlors could really benefit from its uses. I put a bunch of information in the podcast description. Go check it out. I'm always happy to help talk with you and answer any questions you might have. All right, let's get back to our morbid discussion. What? Uh, so what specifically have you seen to go out to families and how does that whole process work? Um, are they going straight into like a refrigeration thing? Are the organs treated or do they go like immediately to a person of need? And what does that process look like since you know a bit more behind the scenes than a typical person would? A lot more. <laughs> yeah. So the eyes actually do go right to transfer. They are t- they are okay. needed immediately. Um, organs will go in a cooler in three layers of sterile bagging in a sterile field from a sterile table and you are completely completely sterile the entire time. Um, and the third layer would be the layer that, you know, um, they get back and processing will can touch. Um, but yeah, this, the organ has to be protected. So it does all just go in a cooler and we ship it, um, we ship it with ice. So that's all an immediate process. Um, it is crazy to have seen it and to have done it and to, you know, just kind of separate the body and get these specific parts. Um, Because again, it is just like new training. And I kind of, I remember my first embalming and Uh it was overwhelming for me. Some people say, you know, oh, that was fine. I was fine. I was like, oh, I needed to leave the room to breathe. So I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to say, oh, that didn't bother me at all. It did the first time. It really did. So it bothered me that learning about organs and that's just kind of something you have to retrain your brain and, you know, say it's just anatomy. Um, Right. So. Yeah, that's got to be a a pretty tough and relatively gruesome process having to do that. Um, I'm sure it's not an easy thing, but for most people, at least in the prep room side, you're trying to look on the other side that you're trying to help families and you're trying to make them look their best and for you you're helping people to survive so Mm -hmm. for me at least that helps with my mind frame if i'm ever dealing with a challenging case or something that's hugely beneficial yeah absolutely so tell us a little bit more about your social media that you've taken off and how did that even begin for you and um you do a lot of fun different things on there and um you don't have like a specific kind of target, like this is what you're doing. Like you go all over the place and you talk about the industry and you talk about amazing, cool things that you see. So tell us a little bit about how you got started with it and um, all of that good stuff. I'm going to start with, I love your videos. Um, oh, come on. You make me laugh, they're great. Um, but Thank mine, um, I had that page as a joke. And really? I was just so making... <laughs> I was just making videos with my friends and I remember I did mortuary school memories and it was just all these clips of us all being kind of silly and having a good time. And I posted it and then the next day I woke up and it had 
like a million, two million views. And people were like, Mortuary School? I didn't even know that existed. Wow. So I was like, what did you guys think? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so like, Mortuary School's a thing. I, I shared some more things. And then around that same time, um, I was going to Massachusetts. I had some friends in that spooky town called Salem. And uh. I posted some video videos about that. And that also had a couple million just of my little walk through the town. And I was like, all right, well, this is interesting. Um, yeah. The mortuary school loved my videos and they asked me to work there and do some media stuff. So wow. that actually made the largest um, class I ever had uh, for, yeah, they had to open or create another online course they said they got no so many kidding. applicants people wanted to go to PIMS oh. because they thought you know this has to be the best school it was yeah. fun. um and it was fun I had a great time at PIMS um yeah. so there were a lot of students that would put my name in on the website and be like hey you know I talked to Heather and sure it was awesome um but it was hard to, because I never, I never wanted to be a know-it-all. I never wanted to say I, I was, I'm very new to the field. Sorry, my house is haunted. Um, no. <laughs> of course no, it is. I, I, <laughs> her, yeah. her lights are flickering and flashing on our camera if you're not watching. <laughs> um, no, it's really hot over here. Uh, so all air conditioners are on. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very new to the field. So I didn't want to come off as a, I graduated, so I know everything. Um, sure. All I kind of really talked about was sculpture and restorative arts and my time there. Um, I definitely wasn't making any videos showing people what aneurysm hooks were or anything, but right. um, I like to share it. And I wanted to make more videos to try and be like, yeah, you know, like I did do this, these mortuary things, but I'm also like, a totally other part, you know, I have a bigger identity outside of my job. So that I'm sharing more about my personal life, then I'm going to more locations. And um, yeah, it just, it, it did really well. Um, and it's been fun. And I think when it's not fun anymore, that's when um, I'll be done. Go the other but, way. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so tell us a little bit more um, about your video specifically. What is your favorite thing that you like to do? And where do you see the future? I know you said um, if things don't get fun, like you would go a different direction, but it seems like you have such a great following and so many people that are supportive to you, which is such a cool thing. Where do you see it going for you um, in the future too? So I've recently had a lot of fun doing like travel foodie videos. I was working I with a company in Seattle that uh, was a PR company and they would invite me to things and, you know, it was nice. Um, it was really cool because you go there and they're like, hey, you're before the coffin. I'm like, that's yeah. me. Um, they give <laughs> free food. <laughs> so, that's amazing. I know. Um, so it's so, it's so much fun to just, you know, get to be a part of it. Um, and right. I really don't make money from a lot of them um yeah recently i did go to a crab a crab place they paid me like 200 dollars to eat their crab no way <laughs> i was like okay was well, it was it crabby i mean crappy it was great 
it was the whole place was great and i was like how is this happening why are people paying me to eat their seafood um but no it's it's so cool yeah i just like to be as long as i get to do things where you know i get to share like fun the fun things i'm doing or like stories or old history it's kind of like finding a pokemon um, yeah. like I go to this little location and I make a video and I'm really like proud of it. And I, I love sharing, um, historic places and all that. So I think I would be, I would say that I am really proud of those videos. Um, when I went to that town in Noka, Minnesota, um, that so one that blew one? up. That was the self-proclaimed Halloween capital. Oh yes. I saw that. That was crazy. Yeah. That sent the internet into the battle <laughs> of which town was the spookiest who deserved to be and then there were a lot of people from ireland commenting like they were mad <laughs> um, yeah. so how do you deal with that with people uh that get upset or something and just kind of brush it off and say whatever do you ever address it uh filtering keywords <laughs> so I just, filtering awesome she's great yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't really respond to any negative comments anymore. I used to get upset. Yeah. I would make like little reaction videos and be like, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> and I'm, um, I just feel like at a certain point, it just, it really doesn't, nobody's waiting for me to really respond to those. So I don't, um, right. I did love making the mortuary videos. Those had, I made, I have millions and millions and millions of views. I had one, I yeah. believe had about 20 million views. So the students just sculpting and it's, it's because people don't really know all the work that goes into it. Um, so it is, is fun. I still sculpt and do all that. So I was thinking of sharing those videos. Um, yeah, but I just, I like to go to events and I like to share things and I like to help local companies out and we can kind of work together because I like food and (laughs) Yeah, it's Give me a free appetizer. You'll get uh, you'll get a 50,000 views easy. <laughs> um, I remember this little Victorian coffee shop I used to go to all the time to study during mortuary school in Pittsburgh. Um, I made a video that went viral about them. I believe that one had a, about a million views. And I remember yeah. the girl that worked there was like, we have a line out the door because you made that video um, for days. No kidding. Weeks. Um, my friend wow. just started working there too. And I felt really bad for her because she thought she had this easygoing job. And then she was like, Heather, what did you do? And I'm like, I'm, I'm glad it, it went well. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like helping people out or showing other people fun things to do and places to go. It's just, it's been a hobby that gives back. So. Right, exactly. And it's, it gives you more energy to do what you're doing and to show the things that you are. And mm-hmm. if you get some sort of reciprocation out of it, whether it's a free crab dinner or another dinner or something, like, I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Like who wants to go around and like find some cool places? And um, that's super, super cool. And um, what do you think is like the favorite thing out of all the ones that you've done? And what is something that you're like, you're seeking after like a place that you really want to go to? Um, if I tell you the place I want to go and film, then it's not a surprise. 
That's true. That's true. Okay. But Give there, us is your, a place, no. there is a place that I am going to film and an event, uh, a big event that I'm going to film. I'm really excited about. Um, that's great. And well, what about the ones that you've done then? How about that? Yeah. Uh, well, when October comes around, I get so many people saying, Hey, do you want to come here? Do you want to come here? And I'm like, I would love to do every single thing in October. So, right. <laughs> um, but I'm already booked for a couple places. So I'll, I'll, I can say yeah. that, but, um, yeah. I thought you were going to drop an exclusive secret to us on the mortuary show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kid, I kid. Um, but yeah, what about your favorite that you've done in the past? My favorite video. I hated the most for a long time and now I kind of miss it. It was the viral hip swing video in the cemetery. I was making, I was making, um, an ad just kind of like for this creep brand Creepsville to send me some clothes. So I made two Mm -hmm. video videos. One was like the one I was making that day on purpose. And the other one, I was just joking. And it's all fun and games until like your joke goes viral and then you're like, oh crap. Um, <laughs> it was a trend and I did it in the cemetery and like it was like an instant meme. Um, and oh, people loved no. it. People were sending me edits of it. And um, the girl that plays uh, Veronica Lodge in Riverdale um, uh-huh. actually tweeted it because somebody said that like I looked like her. So then oh I dressed up as her and I did it again somewhere else. And I just like kept doing it again. And I kind of became like the internet's monkey. And I was like, all right, where am I going to go do it? I guess. Yeah. And it was silly and it was, it was fun. Um, but for a while I did kind of hate it. I was like, all right, that's, it's a little cringe, but I had so much fun doing it. And I, I, I just want, I want that to bring that energy back. So. Right. That's what matters at the end of the day is that you're enjoying it and it's an experience that's going to bring you energy and yeah. do all those good things. Does your work interfere with what you're doing at all or is it a complement to it? And what is your schedule like for, for tissue donation? Um, I'm, I'm just curious. I've never heard. Is it like a normal hours or I guess if the eyes need to be ASAP, like it might be a little bit crazy. So I don't really know. So for all tissue and I, um, you get a set schedule of on-call hours. So it's kind of like my old funeral home. When I did removals, you're just on call. Um, I'm on call. I'm full-time, but I'm three days here. So that is a 13-hour on-call shift. Um, There's two of us. So we'll kind of take turns or whoever's closer to a donor will go to it. Um, but I might only have two or three cases within all those hours. Um, right. and that's You're driving days. far too. Yeah. Right. And that's only three days a week. So I have so much free time doing this to be able to do my hobby that it's the best. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I do miss my funeral home and I do miss living in the funeral home. Um, yeah, it was just a lot. It was, I did not have a single free day. So it's kind of it's a nice break. Um, and I'm definitely not done with funeral service. I uh-huh. will return, but I like yeah. to learn and do new things and see where it takes me. Yeah. It's good to, to learn with different ways and different aspects that you can serve the yeah. industry. And, um, that's cool. What would you say, have you had any difficult cases that you've dealt with yet? 
um, as far as, you know, heart, I almost said it. I almost said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the H word. But have you had any difficult, difficult cases that, that you've gone through already? Um, I constantly had difficult cases doing full body tissues. Um, those ones, those, those were really intense and Mm -hmm. it's not like the funeral home where you just hear the story from the family. I'm reading the case notes. So I'm seeing the entire thing that happened, um, when they died, what, what they said, um, and they're intense. So it's, sure it's a part of the medical screening and it's just a part of the whole report so reading that you know it's kind of after a while um once i'm dispatched and i do the identification and look over some medical things mm-hmm. i don't really read the case notes anymore because yeah. they're hard to um take too much it is yeah too i don't always want to know i'd rather just see the body as you know the donor and and do my job, (laughs) but yeah. yeah. So how long does the process take for a full body on average? What does that look like? Um, a full tissue case would be about three to four hours. Um, because you have to completely clean the donor put them in a sterile field, um, prep them and slowly without, you know, perforating much remove the pieces and tasks for for the task at hand. Um, and eye recovery, I could do in about 30 minutes. I'm quick. Um, so that, that one, that it's just, it's much easier. Um, yeah. Yeah, full tissue. It really depends. Some sometimes cases will only be a skin case, and that could be either full thickness or superficial. Oh, right. um, so I'm sure you saw some of those. Uh, we sure re- yeah. yeah, we remove it, um, the skin, and that all goes to, like burn victims. But I remember the first time I had to do it, I was like, was wow, fun. this I'm is sure. unnatural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, using this big circular blade that looks like a cheese grater too, okay. that spins really fast. It's makes a really loud, horrifying sound and to like Ooh. drag it across and you have to make sure, you know, you're at the right thickness and it's a little bit transparent to like get that superficial layer. Kind of looks like uh, pantyhose when you're okay. done with it. It's <laughs> as much as I can describe it. Um, yeah. thing that you can't imagine because no. you haven't seen it and you haven't done it. And you, it's right. crazy. That so. must open up your eyes to a whole different, I'm like, you're seeing things like that you've, it's unnatural to see really. So right. it's probably just like, oh my God, that's gotta be really hard at the beginning. But do it you was. think you've settled <laughs> at this point? Like you, like at this point you're okay with it? At this point, I'm a hundred percent okay with it. In the yeah. beginning, if you asked me this two years ago, I would be speechless um, wow. just because it was so hard uh, to yeah. relearn because, you know, I'm not just raising an artery. I'm not just yeah. um, making some sutures or even working on a head case like an autopsy yeah. or anything like yeah. that inside. It is so different. Um, and it's more of a an exact science. 
Right. As opposed to, I think embalming is a mixture of science and art combination a lot of times. What you're doing is like, this is this is real science. It's like surgical work really is what it comes down to. I mean, it's, it's wild. And I've thought of it like that. You know, I see yeah. the things that a doctor sees and no one looks at a doctor and goes, oh, that's dark, you know, or right. <laughs> thinks my, their job is weird. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, no, I love that. I just made like a video a few weeks ago. That was literally so much like that. I'm like, okay, if I'm at a party and I tell someone I'm a funeral director, I'm a mortician. They always like, Oh, that's crazy. Like, how do you embalm a body? Like, what have you seen? I'm like, you don't go up to a podiatrist and ask him, how do you get a wart off the foot? Like, it's, yeah. it's such a good point though. Like you don't, you see the same exact things, but you're going to, like I'm doing to you, honestly, I'm asking you like what it's like. And we don't do that for, for doctors. And I wonder, maybe there's just that fascination with death. I don't really know what it is, honestly. Yeah, I believe, yeah, that's 100% what it is, the fascination with death. Because yeah. I tell, they say, what do you do? And sometimes, you know, I'll try and say, oh, you know, like I work in the medical field, just if I don't want to have this full conversation, because it hits them every time if I say, oh, I do organ recovery. They're like, oh, what like, is that? the organ's better. And I'm like, no, I take them out. Oh. And then they're just looking at me. And I'm yeah, usually, you know, this girl just smiling back at them like, <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. Um, I'm not well, organs get better. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So with where you're at, you actually go to funeral homes. Is that is that standard place? Like in Chicago, that doesn't happen. So I wonder how that is throughout the country. And what funeral director was the most pissed off at you uh, ever? <laughs> um, so that is a good question. Um, it's standard for the states that I've been in, Washington, Michigan, uh, yeah. Pennsylvania. So okay. it's interesting to hear this whole new neighboring Chicago law. We are, our company actually sends tissue out from Chicago. We have places, New Jersey, it's, it's a very big company. So yeah. I'm now wondering, you know, where are they doing these tissue recoveries? But yeah, mine were in funeral homes. We tried to stop to get to the donor before the funeral home has the body. Cause a lot of funeral directors right. don't want to stay after work to let us in. They'll say, you know, no, no, we have no director on call to let you in. Right. And they just have to close a case and you lose that uh, donor. Ah, um, okay. And I know it can be the bane of a mortician's existence, <laughs> yeah. but if for all of you listening out there, please let us in. <laughs> um, Don't lock me out. I beg you. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, that that's two people from one donor that now, you know, are waiting for right. that tissue. Right. So, you know, it's, inter it is interesting being on the other side. Cause I understand, you know, I understand not wanting to be there, but um, it was yeah. kind of the same thing. There is a funeral home crematory in Washington. Um, um first call plus uh they're huge and you know it's just kind of they're just pumping out like constant you know um they're constantly working so yeah. i i've never seen more 
refrigerators in my entire life in any funeral home that I did at First Call Plus. Um, there had to be about six giant walk-ins, just like all the way back. They had multiple crematories. Um, How many bodies do you think they could hold in those refrigerators? A lot. So I was always in their way. I would call and I would need to put up a table and I'm in the prep room he's embalming and you know i want to put my or set my stuff off stuff stuff up on the table and yeah um they're kind of like not there you go here and i'm like you're the boss i know that i'm in your way and i feel bad because i want to be like hey i was you (laughs) i know it can be (laughs) yeah it could be an inconvenience for you guys so i understand um we got to to see it when we were in mortuary school they took us to the tissue donation plant uh, mm-hmm. where they did the whole process. I think it's gift of hope is like the big one um, here, but that's where they do them all. And we got to see the the process. And then we got to, um, I'm pretty sure we got to embalm or help assist embalm. It was one of our cases as students. And that was an amazing experience that we got to see that most people would never get to into like, unless you go into your line of work or if they come to your funeral home. So it was definitely a good experience for us. And um, it does make you make you think, and it makes you appreciate what those people are doing like you. Yeah. There are some funeral homes that love to see me. They're just, I, they're like, Hey, I set up a little tray for you. And I put some water there and I'm like, thank you. I'm not scared to ask you where the bathroom is because <laughs> usually I'm on the road and it's kind of like constantly like hurrying from making these cases and hoping they don't expire and you like have these times that you're trying to work with. And I get to the funeral home and I'm like, please let me use the bathroom. <laughs> but uh, That's so true. Yeah. I, I, bet you, I bet you those ones that are nice to you are the ones that despise their uh, first year apprentice or something like that and they're trying to be like oh he's they got a tough case coming up their way anyway so might as well be nice to you yeah no it's fun i love seeing all the different funeral homes too so even if i did want to go back to a funeral home i know where they all are now i like know the best ones and i know what they all look like and i've i've went into some old funeral homes that are a little scary and (laughs) i've seen it all all. yeah Yeah, i'm sure you have i'm sure that's great well, Heather, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been so much fun just getting to talk to you. We learned a ton about tissue donation and all, all the work that you do, which is a whole different aspect that we don't get to think about a lot. And then obviously you're doing great stuff with your social, and I hope you got some amazing, fun things that are coming your way, including more free dinners and more and more and more in October coming up. So thank you so much for taking the time. And if you don't follow her, make sure you get to Before the Coffin. She's awesome. She'll give you some good content. But thanks so, Heather. Thanks so much, Heather. (laughs) Thank you for having me.